Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services, and I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlord svcs. Again, that's coffee.com slash overlord services and click on shop below. When you purchase their services... Let them know Derek sent you. Welcome to another one. I'm Brandon. That's Derek. That's Scar. Scar, how you doing? Okay, man. Derek, how you doing? I'm good. Brandon's I, fantastic. I joined the TikTok today. The oh, TikTok. You call it the TikTok? Oh my god, you're you're already too TikTok. old to be there. I don't know how it works. You sound it. older with every statement you make after I join the TikToks. The TikTok. The TikToks. Not even yeah. the TikTok. The TikToks. Plural. I joined it today. And he doesn't know how it works. It's like it's, I'm it's not gonna just, make any tick what do you what are they called? Um is there like a name for them that you make? You videos know, on, on Twitter you tweet. Is it called like something on TikTok? A video. I don't have a I don't have a TikTok account. I'm not making any videos. I'm just watching them. But I joined the TikTok. Is it was that after you left the Walmart? No, I don't, I don't go to the Walmart. The WalMarts. I'm too good for Walmart. I go to Aldi. I've never been. I know they have them around here. See? To the TikTok. That's what it is. So, this episode was pretty fucking fetch. Yeah. No. I mean, it just keeps, it, it just keeps getting better. It does. It's wild. I feel like I'm going to get fucked somehow, like on Oz. Like I'm going to give it no, my all, and all of a sudden, I'm going to end up on Pornhub. <laughs> they have some issues with this episode, but I really enjoyed it. Some continuity issues. 
you know, no, a continuity issue is on above the rim where a nigga gets a rebound and throws the ball full court and then the same nigga catches it and dunks it. I didn't notice that I until see, somebody showed me a video. I see that. <laughs> I see that. Uh, yeah. Completely missed that shit. I wish I hadn't because hindsight would have had so much more fun with that movie. Threw the shit at full court and caught it himself and dunked it. Yep. <laughs> so what? Will Smith was doing that. No, it was a cutaway. So they, he threw the ball. He passed it. They didn't show him running down the court. He was standing still doing the outlet pass. And then they did a cutaway to him catching his own pass and dunking it. It was horrible. So, unlike this episode, uh, by means which have never yet been tried. And it starts off with Sarah uh, being stripped down and examined in a dark room. And she's being asked all sorts of questions from uh, when she first started having sex to when she started menstruating. Menstruating, sorry, not menstruating. I don't want Scar to get on me about that. And she cries. She cries. She starts crying when they ask her if she's ever had an abortion, but she has. She has. If I mean, honestly, if you don't know that nobody else like you has been able to have children, it's your choice. And even if you do know, it's still your choice. So she might be regretting it now in light of the fact that no one else she knows can have children or has that opportunity. But other than that, it's like, yeah, nigga, I had an abortion. Want to see a picture? Ew. That's how people try to make it seem. But that's not how it generally is all the time. Every case is different. I can see that. I know, I know someone who's had five. Yeah, I know someone who's had as many as they need to have. It doesn't matter; it's their choice. I mean, I don't feel I don't feel no differently about them. You know? Yeah, yeah, good. And we uh, flash back to Miss S's house in the aftermath of Kira's abduction. Felix is not all right. He's literally devastated that he's the reason why um, Kira got taken in the first place. And Miss S, like, look, she fooled both of us, Sarah. Like we thought she was you. Like I don't know where she got that wig from either, but it was nice. Did she? Uh, did you hear? Did you hear it in the flashback? Did you hear what the way that Rachel was talking? To notice that it was Rachel. It sounded like Sarah. She sounded like Sarah. Sarah as Rachel, like she was, like enunciating in a different way, and speaking in a little bit lower register, but with the accent. So then Sarah, next thing happens is we see her going to diet and sitting there with jeans and a t-shirt on looking like she's about to do a really, really great pop video. She's really sitting in that stool like she's a, that's me in the corner. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I drove a fast car. I was I was thinking flash dance. What a feeling! Nah, because when they're sitting there in the on the stool with just all blackness behind, and they're wearing the white t shirt and the blue jeans, and their hands are folded, that's when they're usually gonna do a song like Zombie, Zombie. <laughs> you just wanted to sing, huh? No, I'm dude. You've seen these videos. 
I have. And that's how they look. Like the only other person who doesn't look like that is Eminem when he made a video after they put out the video of him saying nigga in a song. It was his apology song where he was like, I apologize. I don't remember what the song was called. Toy yeah. Soldiers, maybe? I don't know. Anyhow. Um I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. I feel like, do you really care about Eminem like that? No, much? no, no. So uh, Dr. Nealon comes into the interrogation room and he gives Sarah a contract to sign, um, even though she's like handcuffed to a chair. So it's like, yo, what's she going to sign with her mouth? Um, Sarah says she'll cooperate with whatever, whatever they want. She just wants to see Kira. Keep that in mind because it's important in the future. We go to Kira's room or Rachel's room and a nurse is trying to get a cheek swab from her and Kira's like, mm-mm. And then... The nurse like it isn't gonna hurt, and so Kira lets her swap her, uh, lets her get the sample. But at the same time, she steals the nurse's cell phone. We'll get back to that in a second too. Well, and back in the genius child ever. We'll get back to that in a second. Third, um, back in the lab, Scotty and Kasim are pissed because now there's a bunch of suits uh, in the lab with them, uh, Jack and their research and Kira's bone marrow. And they tell Kasima that Delphine's no longer her doctor and that Dr. Nealon will be taking over um, on Rachel's orders, of course. Uh, Rachel is also fired to distract Delphine from the clone project and gives her a one way ticket to Frankfurt. And Delphine's like, You use me and I love her. Now that I know how to do it right, the first time was iffy. And Rachel's like, I forbid you from saying goodbye <laughs> to Casino. You're too hard on Delphine. You're too hard on her. She's been an ally for 80% of this show. What's an ally in this show? Someone I mean, even she's a monitor. She's not a monitor. She was a monitor. She is a monitor. Just because somebody finds out you're a monitor doesn't mean it stops. She is a monitor. She was a monitor. She is. She is a monitor. She's just she fucking is. her patient. Right. She, she is was. a monitor. She Brandon, is. trust me. I've seen the show. She is a monitor. You, you can't tell me what she is and isn't. I could tell you. You could try. I don't care what she did in the past. <laughs> This is the past. Ah, I love it. I love you, Brandon. Seriously. You're like one of the brightest lights. You and your cousin Devin are just like two of the dopest people in the entire world, period. I just look. I just call it how I see it. Which is usually the opposite of how I see it. But still, Mm -hmm. that does not change the dopeness that is you. So Rachel tells Delphine that Sarah's procedure is imminent and that none of this is personal, just business. And she's like, just remember, as always, this ain't personal, it's business, which is usually as fucked up a phrase as stay blessed, sister. It's usually also accurate. No, it's not. Yeah, this is usually accurate. Nino Brown used it. When he you, killed uh, Scotty's mom, you give him. Nino, Nino Brown also used a little girl as a shield. It wasn't personal though; it was business. 
That was business. That's but personally, but personally, he didn't want to die. <laughs> so he made a business decision. Those are two things that are combining. Nino Brown also. Nino Brown also had to make uh, concessions to try to get the Carter after he had already made concessions to get the Carter. Nino Brown also hired the Italians that he worked with extremely closely as the catering company for a wedding that he was a part of. Yeah, he made a lot of business decisions. Thank you. So in the lab, Scotty's furious that they take that they took Delphine away because she's you know she's the Casimo whisperer. And Cosima gets an uh, email from Delphine telling her that it's all up to her now. Um, and Cosima then says, you know, I'm willing to cooperate with all things Dyad. But she wants to know if she can see Kira. And the the Dyad guy is like, I'll see what I can do. I have to talk with Rachel. And once the Dyad guys leave, Cosima shows Scotty the email, which contains Rachel's entire schedule. And they see that Sarah's getting surgery and they need to stop it. Um... Back with Dr. Nealon and Sarah, they tell he tells Sarah that they want to harvest her eggs, and if she signs the contract, she'll get to see Kira. Um, and with no alternate choice in sight, Sarah signs off on the contract and on the procedure. Kira is having a tea party with the toy octopus uh, while Sarah watches her through a window, and then she continues to watch as Rachel enters the room to talk to Kira, and Rachel tells Kira, my mother wasn't very nice and she laid hands on me. She also tells Kira that Sarah ran away, just like she ran from Kira all those years ago. And uh, Kira's like, well, she told me she grew up now, so she's better. And Rachel, while she's saying all this, she's staring right at Sarah in the mirror and says that even mothers do what they have to, or even mothers have to do what they're told. That's which, right. which was creepy, but also if that mirror was there that whole time, and obviously somebody was probably in there at all times monitoring Kira, why didn't they see her snatching that phone out that nurse's pocket? Because they weren't always looking through the mirror. It was they had a video screen up there too. Yeah, wasn't there a video camera constantly pointed at her? The video camera only has one angle. Then yeah. she got under the covers when she made the call. And yeah, and it doesn't mean there's somebody sitting there watching her like a fucking security guard or something. I mean, it's a little girl. Like, who feels like they need to watch her constantly? That's know. right. So, uh, Miss S is on the phone back at her house. <laughs> Miss S is such a goddess. Miss S is on the phone back at her house demanding. I repeat, demanding car bombs Yeah, in action. She's like, like if I say you're making a car bomb, then you're bloody well making a car bomb. Right? <laughs> you're not making a pizza. Don't get no ambulance. Don't, don't get no alert. Don't get no ambulance. Nothing like that. If I say you're making a car bomb, my nigga, you're making a car bomb. My nigga, like, why are we questioning this? Do you know who I am? You know what this is. Look me in my eye. Look me in my eye. Tell me I ain't the one. <laughs> Who's number one? Go make the car bomb. And then she sees Felix there and she's like, if I say you're making a car bomb, you're making a car. Oh, wait, hold on. What? What? It's like when you walk in on your mom because that's their mom. It's like when you walk in on your mom and she's talking to somebody. Yeah, I told that bitch I was going to whoop her. Hold on. 
What? Exactly. That's exactly how that happened. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> it made me laugh. I was so happy. Um, there was a knock at the door, and it was Cal. Um, and Cal tells Miss S that he's Kira's father and that he's there to help. Because Miss S like, I ain't never seen you before. And Miss S is pissed that Felix didn't tell her about Kyle or about Cal, but Felix is like, you wanted to talk about secrets, motherfucker. Like, right? Huh? You so you the one knew about fucking about Ethan this whole fucking time. You knew about all this, and so um, Cal comes in with the picture that Kira drew. Um, and said he figured out the whole clone conspiracy um, and starts talking about how he went on the internet and figured shit out and turns into Chet Mansplain because as he's explaining the internet to her, uh, Miss S like, I can use the I, I can use the internet actually. Cal. Like, and Cal's like, no, you can't. No offense. He was right. I mean, he was out there hacking shit. You know what I mean? This ain't know how to get on the fucking dark web. Do you know how to get on the dark web? No, that's just hard. <laughs> no, I, I, that's and that's what I feel. I feel like I feel like the dark web for tel- for TV shows is the equivalent of what it used to be to like fucking hack into somebody's mainframe before they came back into the room. Like nobody knows how to actually fucking do it. They just said they know how to do it for television purposes. No, Mike's been on the dark web. Pervert. He told us. He talked to us about it because he had to do it for school. Oh wait. What he go look for? No, they had to do it for school. Uh, there was some type of project in college that was like they were. It was like an FBI type thing. There was like a I don't know some type of security class, and they showed him about the. They logged into the dark web and you know kind of talked about it. it's wow. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, the way he described it is like an online marketplace of terribleness. Yeah, honestly, when it comes to the dark web, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even scared of like walking into porn or anything like that because I figure I would know how to recognize that and avoid those areas. It's just after watching Wreck It Ralph Part Two, Ralph breaks the internet. I'm scared that I'm going to find some sort of virus that's just going to take over my entire house. I mean, it's possible, but it's more likely that you get, like, there was a place, what he was telling us, what the funny thing uh, is that there was a bakery on the dark web. And usually bakeries on the dark web are like for shit you don't really, (laughs) you know, things that kill people. (laughs) It's concoctions. But... It was like this weird thing where, like, an actual bakery ended up on the dark web selling cookies and cakes, and and then what? And the FBI showed up there, and there was like an actual bake. Like, it wasn't even a front. It wasn't like a super deep. It was like an actual bakery selling cakes and cookies and shit on the dark web. Mm. Not like selling nitrogen bombs or some type of, you know thing that you can slip in people's drink and it kills you and all the other shit you can get on the dark web. Yeah, see? I No. So, before uh, they can get too far into the dark web, uh, Felix mm-hmm. gets a call from Art, and Art's like, Helena's on um, here. 
And she's now in his kitchen eating eating his cereal with her bare hands. Um, actually, he's like, guess who's here? And holds the phone out to Helena. Helena's like, hi, sister, brother. <laughs> and so Felix is like, I'll be there as soon as I can. And then the moment he left there, all of that nervousness and shit like that and the feelings that he had about this whole shit just kind of completely went away. He was total bossed up the whole fucking rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Because you could walk in two separate worlds. Yeah, that nigga was motherfucking Batman for the rest of the fucking episode. Like, yeah. You know, he, was, he was Bruce Wayne and, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean... I live in some worlds where I'm very anxious because of certain circumstances, because of past situations, because of past encounters. I might be nervous around some folks. Other people who have never known that person, I'm completely confident in myself and the tasks that I'm doing and, and in whatever. It's just something that we all have to recognize within ourselves. Something that always um, interests me. You feel good about that one, Brandon? Mm-hmm. You feel strongly about that statement? Just yeah, you better recognize. Huh. I lived in the 90s. You lived in the 90s? Mm-hmm. From like 95 until? No, I was born in the 80s. I lived in the 90s. Okay. Um, but yeah, the thought that you exist as a different person to every person that you meet. That's a staggering thought to me. There's someone out there right now who literally hates your guts standing next to somebody who thinks the world of you. There's someone out there right now, Brandon, who wants to kick your mom's ass. Mm. No, really. Because of something they did in middle school or something they did as a young adult or something they did somewhere. There's somebody out there who literally hates your mom's guts. And whenever somebody mentions your mom or my mom, if it was my mom we were talking about, it's like, fuck Earl. (laughs) So Sarah gets led through the dyad corridors where she sees Duncan, who's rocking prisoner scrubs. And he tells Sarah not to despair, but, you know, y'all are locked up, nigga. What you want me to do? Laugh? I mean, he was. I mean, he already knew. He was like, "Man, don't even worry about this. I got this." I'm about to get out of here. I don't know if you getting out of here. Hey, you can you can hop in the casket. I'm about to have you can. I seen that on Oz once. So Felix gets to Art's place where Helena um, tells him about Jesse, the truck driver, and their bar fight of love. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how, like, she she was around that dude for, like, maybe, of, like, a few hours at most. And she was fucking, and she's been fucking in love this whole time. Hey, sometimes when you know, you know, fam. Art, Art asked Helena if she knows anything about the ranch personally. And Felix asked her if she burned it down, like, straight up. <laughs> yeah, I love the way that she. I love the way that she played this, where it was just like a little kid. Like Helena's is just a big kid. Like and no, <laughs> I did that shit. Man. Yeah, I love. I she love the way she told them that they impregnated her. 
I think that she would have thought that they wouldn't care. I mean, for for honestly, this is like super personal to her. So like, maybe. Mm-hmm. and we're, we're gonna see later how personal this really is to her. And Helena also tells him that after her heartbreak, she became roommates with a very good girl who had a crisis of faith. And so then we cut to 16-year-old Gracie and old-ass Mark running away on the How land. How does she know that phrase? What, a crisis of faith? Yeah. Her, like, the folks she was with were, like, God-fearing cult members. And Gracie clearly didn't want to be a part of them anymore. Especially no, I'm not even talking about the Prolethians. I'm talking about Thomas or Tomas. No, Okay. Thomas. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. So, yeah, and, but like she was, she was sitting there with Gracie when they put Gracie in the same room with her, and she realized what they're actually really doing. Like the conversation about, don't you realize what's actually happening here? Yeah, but past that, she was also locked in closets by nuns. I mean, she was around spiritual people all the time who taught her the wrong shit, and I'm sure they use the phrase "crisis of faith" around her at some point. Yeah. And so uh, Mark is assuring Gracie that they can start fresh. And Gracie wonders if she's a sinner because she hopes her dad is dead. But he hits her off with the uh, Beatrice Kiddo line from (laughs) Kill Bill. You know, your mom had it coming. (laughs) (laughs) What can I do? And she says God will have to deal with both of them. They didn't show him dying. He might still be there. If he is there, he's got third degree burns and his butt really hurts. Yep. I don't think he walked out of there that easily. I don't think so either. And so back in Miss S's house, cows driven are drawn out of massive diagram of dyad and all of its ancillary shell corporations. Um, because they have dozens of super PACs and research groups all working on securing uh, genetic patents. And Miss S is like, duh, I know. But like I said, that's the point where Cal fucking mansplains to her that she can't internet like he can. Like, literally, dude, you're talking to a motherfucker who just called in a car bomb like this is fucking Grand Theft Auto. He, you might want to back up. But he Great. also, But he also kind of stumbled onto Topside. Without yeah. actually stopping, stumbling on the top side, and I'm pretty sure Miss S don't know shit about top side. She probably don't. So he was. So he was right. But still, you don't have That's to talk to some. Yes, it is. That's not. It is. He doesn't know. He does not know anything about Miss S. He just met her for the first time, and as soon as she's like, "I know the internet," he condescendingly says, "No, you can't." Yeah, he was like, no offense. No, that's condescending. That's mansplaining, dog. That is not what he was saying. That's a direct quote of what he said. That's a direct quote. I wrote it down. Yes, but you're saying a quote without any context. It's not like he was saying, you don't know what Google is. He was talking about doing like deep, dark web shit. And then immediately show is has to explain to her the dark web shit he was doing. So of course he was right. Like I get <laughs> it. You're feeling, you're feeling like he's mansplaining because like it's just like, well, she just thinks she can use the internet. No, he's like, no, no nigga, I know how to use the other side of the internet. 
He wasn't talking about like you know how to go on fucking ESPN.com and check scores. <laughs> right. He's like, I, I But here's where I'm looking at it. Y'all okay. Okay, cool, cool. I'll give both y'all a gold star for fucking Gryffindor you're, or whatever. You're, but you're here's stay, what, you're staying in the moment, but like when no, once you go once you once go, you go past, past it, moment, but but we're not past it where she was. Isn't mansplaining explaining something extremely rare and difficult? To someone who's not in that profession, that's fuck not no, thing. no, it's fuck man, no. Mansplaining is explaining the most general fucking shit. Exactly. Like somebody's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You just answered your own question. This wasn't a general shit. But the conversation they had initially, he was like, "I was surfing the internet and doing this," and she was like, "I know how the internet works," and he was like, "No, you don't." He didn't go any deeper than that until after he hit her off with that. So that is mansplaining. Yes, they he may have gone after that. The scene, the scene is gone after yeah. that. And then when they she, come back, she didn't even let him finish finished. what he was getting to. She just, she thought, no, it was the opposite. She thought she knew everything, and while he was trying to explain to her what he was doing, she was like, oh, "I know how to get on the internet." And she, and he was like, "Oh no, you don't know the fucking internet like I'm talking about." It's the opposite of what you were saying. He Literally didn't say happened. you don't know the internet like I do. That's what he said. So he words. said literally, no, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He didn't say you're you can't bad. use the dark web. He you're said you can't use the internet. Yes, you're being literal without looking at the context right. of the conversation. But I looked at the context of the conversation. <laughs> you're staying you can still You can still mansplain you can still mansplain while explaining something. You can still be condescending while explaining something, right? Are we are we in agreement but on that? She was the yes. condescending one in the conversation. He yes. didn't. She kind of condescended her out the blue. She kind of cut him off. She kind of cut him and said, "I know how to fucking internet." Like, not like while this. he was trying to explain what the fuck he was doing, she thought she knew what he was talking about and just cut him off. That's what happened. Imagine if you were trying to teach somebody how to cook something, and it's a fish dish. And then you say, well, you get the fish, and they go, I know how to fucking cook fish. You didn't even get to tell them what the fucking kind of fish, you might be doing the most intricate like fish this. there is. You didn't even get to it yet. So and what I should do next like, is completely like be condescending to them because they, they, they jumped in, is what you're saying? If I'm trying to teach Look, somebody it, something? Was he, was he really condescending when he was just like, nah, you know. <laughs> And that's, that's and that was a that was not a statement of like trying to shit on her. It was like, no, you don't know how this part works. Yeah, that's exactly. What I can pretty saying. much guarantee you don't know how this part works. Yes. And and we didn't we didn't even see the rest of that conversation. And like you are completely in the moment of him. And then when they finally cut back to her, she's like, "What the fuck is this?" Like exactly. she's completely like, "No, I don't know what this is." <laughs> You're staying in the moment of him saying that and like he's being he's being a typical man. But like, no, fuck that shit. He was he was on his shit. He was just like, nah, you don't know this shit like I know this shit. I mean, he's a fucking computer engineer. Like, what are we talking about here? The nigga designed fucking be like drone pollinators. Oh, yeah, that drone shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why he's rich. He designed B-size 
drones to help pollinate <laughs> fucking flowers. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, my man is a fucking rocket scientist compared to her. You could still mansplain. And it doesn't matter. Yes, he can. But it he doesn't wasn't. matter. It, yeah, it, he, he wasn't. Can. He was just like, you're not on my level. And he said it in a very simple, he wasn't trying to shit on her. He was just like, no, you ain't really got shit on me. We didn't hear the rest of the fucking conversation because when we come back to it, when he's on this dark web shit, she has no fucking idea what's happening. So he was right. Yeah. And you said yourself, mansplaining is explaining the most basic general shit to someone like they don't know. That's exactly what mansplaining is. If he was trying to explain to her how to download a song off of YouTube, that's fucking mansplaining. Oh, you don't know how to download? Oh. He literally said, he literally said, I got hacked. So I hacked them back. (laughs) We are not talking about regular ass internet shit here. We are talking about, I hacked someone back. Yeah, so Cal is communicating with the person who tried to hack him, and they open up a chat window where Cal is talking to the mystery person, and uh, Shabon is like, tell him that you're here with Shabon, and she, he starts spelling her name out on with Shabon Sadler, and the mystery person... Shabon, in, 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 uh, in Irish, in Irish, that, that, the B-H is, is pronounced like a V. Is that mansplaining? I looked it up Funny. at the time that they happened. I was like, "How the fuck does BH pronounce of is pronounced like a like a V?" And I looked it up in in Irish when you speak Gaelish or whatever the fuck it's called. That's pronounced like a V. Sometimes like a W, depending on which dialect you're using. Rashani like, already knew that though, Scar, because he watched the session. <laughs> That's why Siobhan's Siobhan's name is Shiv. Secession. That's where her nickname is Shiz. So Rashani's just going to end up being wrong this whole fucking shit, right? And he's just going to stand by it instead of letting the shit go. He just wants to be wrong and now sitting there with his fucking I'm, I'm disappointed, but I'm trying to be okay. It's okay. We figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck y'all niggas. <laughs> Sometimes you just be wrong. This nigga wrong all the time. God damn. It's okay to be wrong, dog. It's okay, it's okay to, be to be wrong. I'm wrong sometimes. Most of the time I'll be right though. According to the listeners. When y'all don't when y'all doubt me, they always got my back. Nigga, that was one tweet from when we were it's, doing no, it's been more than one tweet. Even on Oz, it's no, it was one tweet. This it was time. one tweet from Oz. No, it was one tweet this time about the scars. It was multiple times on Oz where you would read a when you would read an email and it would say, actually, Brandon was right because of XYZ. One time. Yeah, but each time we're talking about one person who stood up for you. Exactly. Like we're not talking so about we're talking about two people who have done that. <laughs> right. That's all we're, we not, we're not talking about like, it's called arbitration. It's called an arbiter. Okay. Settling a dispute. So, um, Siobhan tells him that they have, uh, that she has people on the inside too. And we cut to Miss S in an abandoned building where she's met by 
Major Paul and a Hummer full of military men. And she asks if Paul is still ready to be a double agent. Back in the military. When did this happen? I I don't know. That nigga went to fucking Um, Taiwan with uh, with Rachel and just was like, I'm done with everything else. Oh, do you, do you, you, I mean, it kind of spoils the end of the the episode, but I can, the end of this episode. But like, Paul's got an end with Caster at this point. So, like, because he's on the end with Caster, they brought him back into the military because Caster is a military. Oh, okay. I didn't know she was part of the military. I thought she was part of that top hat group or whatever the fuck it's called. No, she top, is a part of she's side. a part of top side, but remember top side is over all of this shit. Oh yeah, top side's a cabal. Like on like on scandal. Yeah, so they're they're over all of this shit. So So, um, Duncan is watching Rachel's childhood videos in the screening room while Rachel brings him tea. And she's like, why aren't you decoding the data for Dyad yet? And he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll decode it when y'all cure Kasima. Like, I ain't gonna show y'all what I know before you do what I need you to do. Like, and She's like, no, we gonna decode it when you tell me. Yeah, she demands a cipher key, but he refuses to give it to her. And he's like, do you remember how much I loved you? And she tells him, no, I don't. That's why I keep watching the tapes. And while she's watching the tape, Duncan, who she comes in with with tea. And he's like, I brought my own tea bag. You can just pour the water. She pours the water. He puts his own tea bag into it. And that shit is fucking cyanide. And he starts choking and dying. And, and no, she went from she went from smug to scared little girl real fucking fast. Yeah, because she was talking real reckless. Like, yeah. no, nah, I, don't, I don't remember how much you loved me. But as soon as you start dying, don't, don't leave me again. A guy. What did he kill himself for? Because they because, ain't going to force that information because, out of him. Because they because he knows that they plan they plan to use him in a way he doesn't want to be used. Mm-hmm. So he, so he left the book. He left the book with Kira because hopefully Kira was gonna get the get that book to wherever it really needed to go. And and he knew that Kira was the prize no matter what. Kira, no matter what happens, Kira was the prize. So he left the book with her, and then and then he was just like, y'all no y'all intend to just use me. And you don't he, deserve me anymore. Yeah, he straight up tells his daughter, you don't deserve me anymore. I can't wait to say that to somebody. Wow. I cannot wait. Say that to your daughter who thought you'd been fucking dead for No, I'm going to say it to my boss when I I get a new job. I'm not even going to give them two weeks notice. You don't deserve me anymore. Hey, these days, I wouldn't. It kind of works. <laughs> Niggas that way. hop. Hey, hey, you know what though? Real talk. I'm sure somebody was at a smaller job and got a job offer to work at CNN Plus and walked into their boss's office like, you don't deserve me anymore and dipped out. And CNN Plus didn't even make it a fucking month before it went belly up. And now they're back at their old office asking for a job and they boss like, can't stop, won't stop. Nigga, you're back. Thought she was leaving. What happened to that? Never burn a bridge. Unless you're rich. Even if you're rich, don't burn a bridge. Because them niggas will run up in your spot. No. You can can be rich enough to move away from that. No, not really. 
I'll always find your spot. I'll run up in your I'll I'll run up in your spot. If I dislike you that much and you burned a bridge and you rich, I will find you. You won't and run find up him. in your spot. You won't even get to the spot. The spot is gated with a moat with alligators in it. You can <laughs> climb over that shit if you want. <laughs> Nigga, this ain't eighteen seventy nine. You can climb over there if you want. But yeah, that nigga said, you don't deserve me. And I felt that in my soul, like all the way in my spirit. And she did an excellent job of playing a heartbroken daughter, seeing her dad die in front of her. No, she played a psychopath. Seeing her dad die in front of her. The last semblance of humanity. Yeah, true. So back at the abandoned building, uh, Paul and Cal meet. And Miss S is like, I don't know how Sarah does it. And she looked back and forth at them. But it's like, you know how she did it. You taught her. That's why you and uh, Carlton were fucking in the hallway at that club. Right. You know how they, <laughs> you know what it is. So game, recognize game. From you, mom. Right. Game, recognize game, my nigga. Um, with Cal is Marion. You know, Rachel's boss and Miss S gives Marion information on Castor in exchange for her help in rescuing Sarah and Kira. And back at Dyad, uh, Kasima meets with Kira and Kasima suggests they do a science experiment together. And, you know, she tries, she gets Kira to try and punch a hole in some paper with a piece of. You sure that's what they exchanged? Yeah, she gave her a folder. Mm hmm. What was in that folder? Nigga, we haven't gotten there yet. I know, I'm just saying. What? Go ahead. You good. Did I miss something? What are we talking Cal about? Gave, Cal I'm gave sure. the woman a folder. Yeah, Scar is saying, because I said it was uh, information on Caster. That's what they initially were... I know what it was, and you know what it was. Like, she sold folks out. But in that moment, she didn't know that. Scar. How do you think they made the deal? If they didn't know. I don't know. That's good. But we as the audience didn't know. We as, we as the audience didn't know. But they didn't know knew what? exactly. So they knew what? exactly what, what they were They knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. Who got sold out? Elena. Elena? No. Yeah, that's where the continuity issues broke. What? What? That's where the continuity issues came in with Helena. Wow. What do you mean? They took Helena mm-hmm. and they ran out the building with her in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And then they slow-mo zoomed on her fucking hat outside the door. Jesse, yeah, then, the Jesse hat. And then, and then uh, the next day, Sarah gets up apparently, and leaves, and doesn't notice that Helena's gone. Doesn't notice that her hat's in the hallway. Just just goes and gets in the car. Goes has to Sarah, the- well, I mean, they were partying has, the night before. Yeah, has Sarah acted like she really gives too much of a shit about Helena? At yeah, all. Yes. Like, yeah. when, no. remember, remember when Helena was at the Johansson farm? <laughs> we, Sarah ain't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Sister. 
She put no. it in the hands of Art and went about her fucking business. She didn't give a shit about what Helena was no, doing. No, she cares. She just had higher priorities. There's a difference. No, no she no. doesn't care. She don't give a fuck. Like she gonna she gonna pretend like she gives Brandon. a fuck now. But no, she no. she's never given a fuck. She's yeah, because if if she actually cared about Helena, why didn't she actually give Art a second fucking phone call um, about? She had okay, other so, more important things to do. Nick uh, above her sister, she supposed to care about. Yes, she, if, Rashani if probably cares about she, me. But, but if she, something was happening to me and something was happening to Devin at the same time. He ain't choosing fucking me. But nothing was happening to Kira at the time where she chose not to choose Helena. That was when, like, there were multiple times where she had a chance to reach out and and, and embrace Helena. And she was just like, fuck that nigga. Also, she told Helena to stay in the car. Helena got in the damn car. Yeah. And then after that, she called when Helena got arrested. She called Art and said, like, can you check on this for me? And then never called yeah, Art so back cared. about this. Never called. And never. There's time in between, and she never thought about this shit. We don't Another know. Another fucking second. Off a, off a, she off did a, not think about Helena again until fucking Felix says Helena wants to meet her sisters at the end of the fucking episode. She never thought about Helena a fucking again after that fucking phone call. He cared. <laughs> she does not. She does not give a fuck about Helena. Sometimes, bro. Brandon, it feels like you are just no, reaching in directions that you're unsure of. Helena was, saw, at the, was at the Johansson farm for at least a few days. Yeah, so was she a grown-ass woman. And in a few fucking days, she didn't even pick up the phone to call Art and be like, okay, what'd you find out? She's like, a grown all. woman. She probably thought if something was serious, Art would tell me. Art, Art didn't tell her shit. Yeah, so Art didn't give a fuck either. Like, we, I'm not saying Art didn't give a fuck either because Art ain't never call her back and be y'all like, Y'all are looking, see, y'all are looking at it because no, y'all know what I'm happened not. to Helena. Y'all no, know what no. happened to Helena. There's no reason for Sarah to think that she was kidnapped by the Prolethians and getting fucking impregnated. There was no reason for her to believe that. We, she's No, she saw her being arrested. She called yes. Art and said, can you do something about this Art? Yes. Art said, all right, I'm on it. And neither one of them gave a fuck about this shit since. But she, you are she, ended up, she ended up being picked up by the pro, be, picked up by Mark and Gracie. Yeah, she, was at, she was at the... Exactly. This is what I'm saying. She didn't even know that someone picked Helena up. She had no fucking idea because she never yes. placed a second fucking phone call and Art never fucking called her to say she's already been, she's already gone. Look, let's be real. Until that final dance scene for 95% of the people, because even after that, Sarah was still like, nobody cared. Nobody fucking cared. About Except for Kira. When yeah. she showed up there, everybody looked shocked and they were real pensive when they were talking to Helena. Because remember, Helena was only known as a person who had murdered people. And That's no, no, she and got no, Kira injured. Kira, Kira, Kira asked. Remember when? Um, right after all of that stuff, when um, Sarah went back to Kira, Kira asked about Helena. Mm-hmm. She was the only one who cared. And 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 Sarah Cuban beat the fuck out of her. No, she said, "Your auntie's doing fine. You'll see her soon." Basically, what she said. Because she didn't know. That's my point. She just assumed this a grown ass woman she, who ran off again. She didn't know because she didn't ask. She placed one phone call and did absolutely nothing after that. And Cosima was very happy to see Elena. 
and got up even though she was sick to give her a hug. She Don't dying. She loves everybody right now. She, she, she dying. She loves everybody. Just because right she got up doesn't mean no, didn't nobody else get up if that's what we're looking at. Not gonna have you disrespect Kasima like that. <laughs> and fucking Allison knew what's up, gave a bitch a fist bump. Like, no. Well, Allison's <laughs> like that with everybody. <laughs> she, gave, she gave her a fist bump. It's like, ain't no hugs coming from me. Now they just need Victor back. I hope he's gone. I can't remember if he comes back at any point. So why was Mrs. S saying Sarah's going to be mad at her? Because she gave them Helena. She gave hey, the Why would she be mad if she don't give a shit? Because she made... Miss <laughs> S, S doesn't know how much Sarah doesn't oh, give, okay. pretended, oh, okay. has, doesn't know how much she hasn't pretended to give a shit. Like, Mrs. S got her own shit going. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Maybe she feel like she gonna feel something, but, like, at the end of the day... Okay. Sarah, to Sarah, sure. ain't shit. Sarah ain't do shit. After I just want to make sure rest. we had the continuity down. Are we done with that part? Yes. Okay, cool. Thanks. It always, you know, at first I'm like, haha, I'll, I'll mentally spar with you for a second, but then it just goes in loops and that shit gets just like okay. You can tell you loop. can tell you can tell when Rashani is annoyed because he's just at his lower register, like he goes to his sin voice. He I'm just like I'm just like we're going <laughs> in circles about nothing, like yeah, yeah, that's called a podcast. Go ahead, give me one. My name. It's it's not called a podcast. <laughs> it's literally called You Told Us You Were on a Time Limit. Yeah. Yeah, I said seven fifty. So if you're on a time limit, then why are you the one who's going on all these tangents? We're still twenty five minutes away from that with five minutes left in the show. We There's not five minutes time. left in the show. We're halfway yeah. through. All right, come no, on. We're not. We're like five minutes left. We have to you're, you're crazy because after they do that whole um, where Kira punches a hole in the paper and they talk about force and acceleration, then they cut back to the lab where Kasima and Scotty are rigging some sort of contraption, contraption based on that same science project. Yeah. I love how they explain that. And then like we're, we're not even realizing that they're explaining what's going to happen. Yeah, they, they literally ocean 11 does. Um, yeah. And Kasima is still getting sicker and sicker. She makes Scotty promise he'll help Sarah. And Scotty's like, you know what? I got this, fam. Because he swiped a Diag key card um, and assures Kasima that he'll get the device to her. Um, and Kasima has Kira draw a picture of what she learned. Um, and they hug. It's, it's real sweet. Like, mm-hmm. Kira's happy to have all these aunts now. Yes. Sarah gets strapped to a gurney and is taken to the OR, and Dr. Nealon walks in and tells Sarah that instead of harvesting their, her eggs, we're we going to take one of your ovaries. Yeah, we're just going to gank this shit. But we hope you get pregnant again. Like, that'll be nice, won't it? Won't it? We're going to take this one and do science on it, though. Yeah, we're going we to make sure that you get pregnant again, so that that's going to happen. We're going to build not a fuck out of this other one, though. Nope. Okay. Not Mr. Wizard, because Mr. Wizard used to yell at kids, but Bill not Mr. Wizard used to be like, the fuck are you doing, kid? <laughs> Calm your dumb ass down and sit down. Nickelodeon was Mr. the Wizard. best. Mr. Wizard was Bill Nye from the 80s. Basically. 
and he used to not like kids. Like in his older age, that nigga was too, too through a little kids. <sighs> so, um, he's like, you'll be able to have babies. We're sure of it. In fact, I'm counting on it. And Scotty comes in, disguised as one of the nurses, and he tells Sarah, I'm going to get you out of here. Yeah, first, the first thing he does is loosen her cuff. Yeah. And then Rachel walks in and asks for a moment alone with her sister, and she shows her the drawing that Kira made, which has a fire extinguisher on it. And Sarah calls Rachel a psycho, and Rachel's like, you know what, just give me the cypher key, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And Sarah's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And like, at what point do you realize that Sarah's not smart enough to know anything about any fucking cypher keys? Like, let's be honest, like, to, her survival up to this point has been more luck than skill. Mm-hmm. And like, you ask her about fucking cypher keys, and she's just like, well, What? Like it that wasn't a fucking that was like what that look that Donnie had when he's when he got told about the clones. And mm-hmm. he was just like, nigga, what? Like, <laughs> I don't think he knows. And like she didn't she like she, I don't know. It's just fucking stupid. Like she clearly doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. But just to make sure she don't know what she's talking about, Rachel takes the vials of Kira's bone marrow, smash them motherfuckers to the ground, then stomps on them just to be safe. And she slips. <laughs> her that, that little slip when she starts walking towards Sarah was so fucking funny. And I don't know how the fuck she kept her composure because she slipped a little bit while walking towards Sarah. I mean, that's what she gets. She fucking stomping the vials like she's fucking Don Flamingo on Mike Tyson's punch out and shit. So, nigga, you should have fallen. But just as she's about to leave out the room, Sarah eyes a note on the extinguisher that says squeeze. So Sarah squeezes the handle and shoots the pencil no, right into Rachel's eye. No, she calls the, she calls Rachel back because Rachel was leaving, so she calls her back. And then that shit goes like right in her eye. She blinded her with science. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wanted to say that. Oh, I've been holding it. Uh, so anyhow, that shit was nasty as fuck. Rachel's down. And, and, Rachel, and Rachel's just kind of fucking flailing like uh, the old chick off of fucking Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's the only other time we've seen somebody get their eyes poked out. Yeah. So Scotty comes back and he just steps over Rachel and gives Sarah the key card. Um, and Sarah runs into Kira's room to rescue her, but Marion's already there. And Marion tells her that they're free to go. Um, we're, we're very impressed with you, Sarah. You know, we, we like you. I don't know about that other one, but we fuck with you. All right. And Marion's like, there's nothing for you to worry about. I've opened all the doors, but you know, this doesn't end with Rachel. And if you want the truth, you should come meet with me the next day. So Cal takes Sarah to meet up with Kasima and Allison and Felix's loft. And both Kasima and Allison give Cal the thumbs up and Cal meets everybody, which is nice. Yeah. Cal tells Sarah that he's going to help and he's going to be back around for Kira, especially when she re-donates Mero in six weeks. And, and Sarah's like, yeah, but that's six weeks, fam. I don't know what that's going to do to Kasima. Right. Um, but she thanks him for getting Marion to help and they kiss. Felix interrupts him and calls them steamy potatoes. Nigga shows up like fucking Batman. All of a sudden, he's just there on the steps. Also, 
So knowing what we know, does that mean the Cal is the one who gave up Helena? No, I think Cal is the one who got close to Marion. I think Marion is the person who was on the other side of that instant messenger. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I think Cal, Cal is the connection point to Marion. And in order to secure Sarah and Kira's release, they gave up. They gave up Helena to the the caster, which Marion already knew about. Oh, so what are has, Helena for? I don't. I don't know. I can't say. You don't know yet. And Art brought Helena over, who wanted to meet her sisters. That's a spoiler. Uh, Helena walks in and finally meets Allison Nicosima. Kira comes running up and jumps into Helena's arms. And Kira was like, I was worried that you ran away. But Helena promises her that she came back just to see her little face. I love how she completely lights up when she sees Kira. Like, that's that's so cute. Yep, and she was like, I'm going to bite your finger off. And they should have all been on red alert at that point. But she didn't really mean it. I mean, she she said she didn't see it seriously, so I think they they got it. Yeah, because I've seen her bite niggas' fingers off. So, um, Kasima puts on a record, and they have a clone dance party. Uh, it's really dope to see all the clones in the same room. Um, Helena's head banging, and and Allison and Felix are dancing, and Allison smacking Felix's ass. It's like it's interesting to see. I love how um, how they play the scene. Um, because you know, like how they, you know, Felix is the only person that has to kind of go in and out because he has to, he has to interact with different clones. So he'll interact with a different clone, and then you see him go off screen and then come back, and now he's interacting with a different clone. Um, like, and I, I watched a, I watched a feature on how they pulled that off, but like you see him. Like he he starts off, he's dancing with Kasima, and then he pulls the table off screen. He pulls the table out of the way for them, and then he comes back and he's dancing with Allison. And while he's dancing with Allison, then he goes off screen again, and now he's dancing with Sarah. Um, like it's it's just kind of cool how they telegraph that whole thing. Um, so it was yeah, it was really dope. That was cool. And so early the next morning, Sarah and Kasima are lying in bed. And Sarah's like, now that we're done, what are you thinking? And and, and uh, Kazima doesn't say it, but the the um, the her tattoo represent, represents the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. Which, if you if you if you've watched Friends, you've heard of the Fibonacci sequence before. It's just the two numbers before added together. It's called the Golden Ratio, and there's there was a couple of episodes where the where that sequence was mentioned in in Fringe. Liaison. So I remember about Fringe. Okay. Yeah, the guy from The Wire, and the Corner, and Oz, being a lieutenant and calling the liaison between his department and the other department liaison, but he never said it like that. He always said it like liaison. I don't know why it was a thing he did. I think he was working on his accent for John wick, but after she talks with, uh, Hmm. I still haven't seen John wick. 
Okay. So after Kasima uh, tells Sarah about uh, Buckminster Fuller and sacred geometry and the Fibonacci sequence and the spiral tattoo uh, that talk that that leads back to the golden ratio. After they have all that conversation, Sarah says they're so different. And Kasima tells her that she is the wild type. Sarah is. She's a survivor who propagates against all odds. And Sarah tells Kasima that they can't figure all this out without her, and they start crying. And Kasima says, no matter what, she has to keep moving forward and seeking answers. And I mean, they wrote this out like. Cosima was going to die at the end of this uh, episode. And they didn't notice Helena who snuck out of the apartment, leaving her nitrogen, nitrogen egg tape behind. And my question is, if you work so hard to get back to your sisters, why are you leaving? We don't know exactly why she left. Like, we, we never quite figured that out. Because as soon as she walks out that fucking door and that door is closed, it's like fucking security. Fire! <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to have a nice wedding on the lawn. (laughs) Security. (laughs) Uh, So luckily she left her egg tank behind and um, she leaves the apartment. She gets hooded, tased and take it away. And she dropped Jesse's hat on the ground and she's uh, carted off. Okay. Let me ask y'all a question. If a motherfucker is holding you while you get tased, don't you get tased too? I believe that it would conduct. Yes. Why the fuck did that nigga get tased? Because he stood back. He had his arms wrapped around her, and then they tased her. And he didn't get tased. I don't understand why he didn't get fucking tased. That's the that's the that's the part that didn't make no fucking sense to me. Why that motherfucker didn't get tased? He read about how to resist it on the dark net, so he can explain it to to some random chick. <laughs> So Sarah's left and Kira is in Kasima's room trying to wake up Kasima. And Kasima's not responding and she doesn't respond long enough for folks to be worried that she's dead. Her eyelids flutter and she sees Delphine telling her not to be afraid, which again is something that, you know, walk to the light with me. Don't be afraid. But Delphine's not dead. So how's this working? Clearly, she's just dreaming. And Kasima wakes up and realizes that it's Kira at her side. And Kira's like, "Uh, can you read me a story? Like she, you know, no, and she died. Hmm? She died. Kira saved her. She Bring me back to life. Yeah. But like you, uh, something else you said, put another song in my head, but I'll let it go first. Time continuity. continuity. And everyone exhales because Kasima lives to, you know, make it to another season. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think she died. Hey, some, some about Kira brought her back. And Sarah arrives at Marion's mansion and she walks in. <laughs> Marion's mansion is so close to Marilyn Manson. Um, and she sees a little girl with a leg brace on that looks identical to Rachel's home videos. Mm-hmm. And her name is Charlotte. There's a reason for that. And she calls Sarah her big sister. Mm-hmm. Another one. I guess I should whisper because it's the baby clone. Another one. A child clone, a daywalker. But but that 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 little girl is what uh, is an adult now, and like I said, she's now taking pictures on her Instagram in places that the clones were as the clones. Well, that's creepy. Just she don't look nothing like him as an adult. She still looks like herself, but okay. Um, 
It's like but, the yeah. it's like the kid who was on the uh, Nirvana cover, butt naked in the pool, coming back in the adult and being butt naked in the pool, nigga. That's a no. felony. No, he had he had no shorts the, the the other two times he did it, and then he felt bad about it and, and sued and all that shit. Yeah, fuck that nigga. So back at the loft. Uh, Kira and Kasima finish reading the book, and Kira's like, uh, read this next. And it's a di- it's the island of Dr. Moreau. And Kasima's shocked to see Duncan's cipher inside. And Kira tells Kasima that Duncan gave it to her as a present. And it's just fortunate, you know, that Kasima's the one that she brought the book to, the scientist. Just the way things work out, you know. Back at the mansion, I'm pretty sure it would have it would have made like if she would have gave it. It would have made its way to her eventually. I mean, unless she had taken it to Helena, who probably would have ate the fucking book. Right. You know, like how when you when you go to the when you take your baby to the doctor and they give them that book and they were like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you this book. They're gonna eat this one. They say, hold on to this one because mm-hmm. they they're gonna eat this one." And no, no, no. They numb the fuck out of that book, dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Sarah asks Marion if she's Charlotte's monitoring. Marion's like, I'm her mother. Which didn't actually answer the fucking question. <laughs> I'm her mother because I adopted her. And she says, just like Miss S, I'm emotionally invested in the clone project. You never actually said whether you are or not exactly. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's like, I thought y'all couldn't make any more clones. And Marion's like, well, there were 400 attempts and only Charlotte survived. And Marion tells Sarah that she's counting on her loyalty because she's about to share something huge and risky with this, her. So so she didn't say in this episode that she's made from Rachel. No. But that's a that's a thing. She's made from Rachel. And Why are you spoiled that? I don't think it's a big I don't think it's a big deal. It what? is a big deal. It's not a big deal because they don't really have any real interactions. Uh well, actually, until later. But, um, but yes, they do have interactions. But, like, yeah, I think it comes out pretty soon that she was made from Rachel. I don't think that's a big spoiler. Like, oh, my God, it's a big fucking deal. Oh, my God, it's like, a big fucking deal, Scar. That means Rachel was the clone they had access to. Why, If they were going to make more clones, they're going to make the clones from Rachel, right? They had access to the sick clone. Later? Later in her life? They didn't have access to her the whole time. I mean, but it's true. No, well, remember she was an adult when when Diane stepped in to, to help her with treatment. Like you know, I mean, they had they had a monitor in place, but other than that, like they didn't step in on any of these other ladies. That's also true. Both things can be true at the same time. Yes. Unity. Right, what we got? Okay, so. Marion works for Topside, which you already know, um, a group that steers a dyad along with many other multinational groups invested in the future of genetic engineering. B613. Pretty much. I was wondering, you said the cabal earlier, and I was like, does he mean B613? Because, yeah, when Papa Pope ran that, it was ran like a, whew, whew, yeah, Papa Pope was a shit. Um... It's for profit, but Marion has discovered evidence of another agenda that she couldn't confirm without Siobhan's uh, intel. So, 
we then see Helena handcuffed in the back of a van with a bunch of military guys, and she's taken off the truck and onto an airplane. It's very nice of them that after they made her drop her hat, they put a hoodie on or a beanie on her. It don't make no sense. And Marion tells Sarah that the military never shut down Project Lita. It was split into two operations. Dyad created female clones, while Project Caster carried male clones. And she led Sarah to a locked room where they watched a man do pull-ups. And Sarah says, I know that guy. And Siobhan and Paul watch as Helene is loaded onto an airplane. And Siobhan says Sarah will never forgive her, which I'm sure she will, because Sarah, again, does not give a fuck. But Paul tells her she did what she had to do. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere... <laughs> I'm surprised you, you didn't play that you do what you gotta do to play. Not this time. Like, literally. Okay. She, she don't give a fuck. Um, she's gonna act like she gives a fuck, absolutely. But she does not. But she didn't. She didn't up until... It's, yeah, you know, she didn't give, the the level that Sarah gives a fuck about Helena is the same way that Dwayne Wayne didn't give a fuck about, um... Whitley until she was getting married? Exactly. And then pulled the Herbis fucking move, busting in on her fucking wedding. And that's why that nigga went to B-13, or, yeah, went to B-613. Dwayne created Papa Pope. Okay. After that, it was trust nobody. He didn't trust her mama. Like, the whole nine yards. Whew. So, we see uh, Mark and Gracie getting married in the empty church because Gracie is 16 and Mark is like 39. No, he's not. He's 19. Marcus, remember when we had the conversation about Mark's age? And I think he's eighteen. I said, I said he's twenty something. He's the he's, same age as the he's the same age as the other clones. They were made at the same time. Yeah, so he's twenty something, which is still right. a lot older than yeah. sixteen. And right. sixteen still, shouldn't be getting married. Correct, but by a priest who's state, literally standing there watching him do it. Depending on the state, as long as you got parental consent, you can get married at fourteen. Yeah, I don't think her parents gave consent. They did. They did. He he did. Mama wasn't there. Remember, Mama was out of town. Yeah. And as Helena's marched onto a plane, we see the face of one of the military men, and it's the same face that's doing pull-ups in Marion's mansion, which is the same face that's Mark. Yep. And the guy who's doing the pull-ups stops doing pull-ups and presses his crazy face against the glass and stares at Sarah. Yeah, that shit was weird. He's just like doing like the little kid like breathing on the glass, making it fog up and shit. Mm-hmm. Hey. Tell your mama I said hi. Why is he locked up in glass? Because he looks like he's crazy with that scar down his face. That could have been from military fights. You find you you find out about those clones next season. Them clones, man. Them clones. So that so what you call it? So that also means that um, uh, Henrik Henrik probably knew about Mark this whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. And so he was probably trying to. That's why he took his own stuff and still nasty. But that's why he impregnated Gracie. Why didn't he fucking? Why didn't he 
try to recreate the original by putting both clones together. I don't know. Then that's the end of season two. See you in the season two. Yep. You know, watching it again, I realized that a lot more people died than I thought died in the first two seasons. As far as Dr. Leakey and and, and uh, Duncan, I thought that one of those two made it through further. Mm-mm. But nope. Nope. I knew I knew when when she was when she sat in that room going through all of the emotions drinking that martini before she decided to put on the 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 most awesome wig ever and take Kira I knew that was coming soon because I knew that was the same place where he died mm. so yeah this is this has been really good I I I've very much enjoyed it I have I've watched this episode three times in the past week. I watched but it I, once. But I have not watched I have I have not watched the next episode. I have not watched the beginning of season three yet. I, I watched it once, so um Brandy, you got anything coming up? Nope. Scar, you got anything coming up? Not at all. Alright. Y'all can leave a review on Spotify. Also leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcast. Copy and paste that in the Good Pods. Voice phone number is 916-633-1537. The email address is return to Oswald at gmail.com. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-O-K. He doesn't follow back, y'all. Nope. I know that. Are we still repping for Twitter now? I don't know yet. A lot of people are scared. And I'm like, why? Ain't nobody scared. It's all, it's just. You got a Tesla. You are already all in. So everybody buys shit from terrible people. (laughs) I want to get, I think I'm going to get a Hyundai Iconic. I was looking at, or Ionic. I was looking at those as well. Because I'm going to get one or the other. Everybody on Twitter talk about, oh, I'm getting off Twitter. Downloads your fucking archive. You're, none of these people get on Twitter. It's the same thing as anything else. Yeah, no, ain't nobody leaving. They're not doing it. But I mean, at least they follow back. Brandon, why don't you follow me back? I do follow you, Rashani. I'm never on at Rashani. I'm at Ratchet Book Club. I found I follow Hindsight Reviews. I'm at Ratchet Book Club. I follow Return to Oswald. You son of a biscuit. Wait, how am I supposed to know which one to follow? I follow I follow three. So Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-O-K. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. I'm on Twitter. Honestly. Eh. I guess at Rashani, but more often than not at Ratchet Book Club. And the show is RTO Podcasts. The Ratchet Book Club where he actually told someone that he hates us. Very much so. He said he hated you. No, he said he hates me so much. Same for you. So much. He said same for you. So much. I got got mentioned first because of course. Like, of course I'm going to be mentioned first. Like... (laughs) 
course. But I said I love Shantae. <laughs> I, I, hit you, I hit you with the Thor. Like, of course. You know, Shantae, Shantae's cool. Yeah, she is cool. Um, you can tip the show. You can you can uh, donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. You can also leave a tip uh, on um, the... I heard what you just did and it threw me off so much. Uh, you can also... I do it every a, show, but I do it low. You can also leave a tip at the... Um, at the tip jar, wherever the tip jar is. Wherever just, it is. Just Where is that tip jar at? Fucking scar. <laughs> I do it every show. I don't know why you just noticed this time. Good Pods on the Good Pods app. That's where it is. On the Good Pods app, you can leave a tip in the tip jar. There we go. Yep. <sighs> okay, so that's the end of season two. And honestly, I still feel like Felix is carrying the entire show. Fuck yes, he is. Motherfucking Bruce Wayne in this bitch. He was Bruce. He was he was very Bruce Wayne like in this episode way more than the fucking Batman. Still have not made it all the way through yet. I don't don't bother. Don't fucking bother. It's not even worth it. It's not. Brandon, you saw the Batman, right? Yeah. What'd you think of it? It's cool. It's not my. It's not the Batman I would have made, but. It was a well-done movie. Matt Reeves is a talented director. I don't like emo Batman, who's mad at Alfred for not being his daddy. Yeah, he totally is. And you're not my dad. Did he use the voice? (laughs) You're not my daddy. Nah, it's just like the the worst. The the thing. The, the biggest problem is there's a part of the movie where the biggest problems could have been solved by Bruce Wayne and not Batman, and he never actually becomes Bruce Wayne. He spends ninety percent of the movie as Batman or a, or someone covered up, as you know, not necessarily Batman in the bat suit, but Batman nevertheless. Mm. He spends very little time as actual as Bruce Wayne, and that is stupid. Mm. Because he's both. Hmm. Spoiler alert. Yes. I mean, it's important. Spoiler alert. Thank y'all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'll holler you later. Peace. Peace out. I waited because last time Brandon said bye-bye and I wasn't sure.
theme music for another one was made by Makai Beats, and it's called Heaven. You can contact him on Makai.com, which is M-A-K-A-I-H.com, or you can find his beat on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.